I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday, June 27th, and we are so glad to have you with us for our Winning Side broadcast. Uh, we welcome those that are listening on the radio, 95.9 FM. Uh, those that are listening on the radio app, those on our podcast, we welcome you. And then those that are watching today on Facebook and those that are watching on YouTube, we are glad to have you with us. And uh, I hope you've had a good start to your Monday. And uh, I'm still rejoicing uh, over the great day we had yesterday. And uh, if, you, if you say, well, Pastor, why do you, you say that every Monday? You say, what a great day it was Sunday. Well, every Sunday's been a great day. And uh, I thank the Lord I got to be in church yesterday. You say, well, what's the big deal about being in church? Well, we got to worship the Lord. That's a good thing. And we got to celebrate yesterday. You say, well, what'd you celebrate? You know, there wasn't any sporting events. I take that back. I, forgive me. Uh, hockey fans, I know there was a sporting event. I think the I think the Stanley Cup was decided yesterday. I don't watch hockey, but I know that was going on. But what what did we celebrate yesterday? Well, we celebrated the greatest event in human history. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it was a great day. And yesterday, Sunday, we had a family that joined the church, and uh, these are dear folks that uh, came. Uh, and that are going to help us in our school. And they've already been a blessing. They've just been here a short time. They've been out on uh, soul winning and visitation, and they'll be helping in the kids' crusade. And then we had a young man from our school and our church, uh, but a young man yesterday morning that got baptized, and that was a thrill to get to baptize. And then uh, we had in our bus ministry, we had four teen boys. Now, that's four teenagers, not 14, uh, you know, as in one four, but four teenage boys that got saved yesterday on our bus routes and praise God to God be the glory we had a missionary family yesterday and if you missed that presentation it was powerful uh, they're on their way to Japan and it's exciting and they're going to be actually with us for some of kids crusade it's going to be a great time and that leads me to today what we've got going on today of course we've got the winning side broadcast and then tonight at 6 30 we have our kids crusade that starts for our church so what in the world is kids crusade it is a vacation Bible school times 10. I mean, it is uh, out of control. It's under control, but it's exciting. Uh, we have singing uh, competitions, and we have an offering contest, pennies, boys against the girls. Who brings in the most weight in pennies? And uh, that'll go actually for missionaries. And uh, we have Bible lessons. We have snacks. We have skits. Oh my goodness, if you've never seen the skits, you ought to come just to see that. It's, it's awesome. And uh, we have a lot of kids. It's for first through sixth grade. And so if you have children or you've got grandchildren, you'd like to bring them tonight, it'd be a great time. And I hope you'd be in prayer for our Kids Crusade tonight, 6.30, tomorrow night, 6.30, and then Wednesday night, 6.30. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time there. Happy birthday um, today to Marsha Britton. And happy birthday today to Tim McGeha. Hope you have a great day. And then happy anniversary yesterday 
to Doug and Cheryl Morris. Hope you had a wonderful day. And then today, happy anniversary to Bobby and Edna Jones and Scott and Renee Pierce today. Hope you have a happy anniversary. And Brother Bobby and Miss Edna, they I don't know if they watch or listen every day. I think most days. But Brother Bobby, if you're listening today, I just want to say, well, glory. That's your, that's your line. And I hope you all are having a great day and a happy anniversary. Let's be in prayer for our church. Uh, let's pray for our, uh, our school. I got to go by the school this morning. And Brother uh, Dan and I, we were looking at just some things, some projects that are going on right now uh, there on the property. It's exciting. It's wonderful. God's given us some wonderful teachers. Uh, we've had a lot of new students that have already enrolled. We're very excited about that. And hope you'll pray for our school. I hope you'll, you'll pray, pray about giving. Uh, to help with some of those projects. We have some, of course, that comes from uh, the church, and the church helps with some of those things. But there's a lot of things that we really need to do and we should do, but uh, we'll just pray the Lord will supply the needs for that. And so hope you pray about that. And then let's pray for our missionaries. Uh, pray for our country. Uh, again, I'm still rejoicing in the great news from last Friday about the Supreme Court decision to overturn uh, Roe versus Wade. What a miracle, what a blessing. And then I heard this morning already that there was another decision the court made uh, to stand with the football coach in Washington State uh, who wanted to have prayer after the game uh, on the field. And uh, the Supreme Court sided with him. I, I'll be honest with you, I can't believe we're even talking about stuff like this. I mean, for a coach to say, I want to pray on the field after the game, I mean, that should be a no-brainer. Uh, this nation, we need to get back to God, and we need to get back to the Bible. We need to get back to prayer. Say, well, I think there ought to be separation of church and state. I agree 100%. I don't believe the government should interfere in the church, but I believe 100% that the church needs to be involved in the government. You see, the government, last time I checked, the government is a representation of the people. Isn't that, so, isn't that so amazing how that works? And so when you've got people in this nation uh, that love God, that fear God, that want to serve God, people absolutely have a voice uh, in the government and people absolutely have a voice. Um, last time I checked, I think we pay taxes, right? Do you, do you pay taxes? <laughs> a lot of them. And so uh, we need to get back to God. And I'm, I'm rejoicing in that great news this morning. And I hope you are as well. Here's a song, uh, Brother uh, Andrew and Miss Mary Beth Jones. They're some of our favorites. They come every year in February. They're scheduled for next February. I think next year they're going to be here for our Valentine's Banquet on Saturday and then all day Sunday. And we'll have a great time. But here they sing a great song about the fact that God is our lighthouse. And aren't you glad for all that He is for us? Uh, God is so good. Hope you enjoy this song. And after the song, we'll get into our Bible study in Psalm 91. I hope it'll be a blessing to you today. Oftentimes we get discouraged and we feel that no one cares. It's so hard to find somebody just to sit down and talk and share about the things that God has promised, the things that He will be. Song that I am singing, this is what he means to me. He's my lighthouse, he's my bridge over troubled water, he's the old ship of Zion out on the raging sea. He's my cornerstone, he's the one I'm leaning on, he's the man who conquered Calvary, he's the rock I'm standing on. 
Let's lift our hands towards heaven and thank him for his love. For he showed a new beginning on the wings of a dove. He has brought us through our dark nights, helped us through our sorrows. I'm excited in his spirit I can sing about his love. Cause he's my lighthouse. He's my bridge over troubled water. He's the old ship of Zion out on the raging sea. He's my cornerstone. He's the one I'm leaning on. He's the man who conquered Calvary. He's the rock I'm standing Amen for that song. Aren't you glad he is the rock that we can stand upon? And I thank the Lord. Our theme for this year in our church is Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And I took, uh, I think, five or six weeks uh, on Sunday mornings, and we talked about the rock. Uh, in all passages from the Old Testament, uh, pictures of Jesus Christ, the rock, the the cornerstone, our foundation, our, our secret place, and all those things. And then I started yesterday, we're going to do some Sunday mornings. I'll take a break next week with uh, uh, Patriotic Sunday, and I love, my, uh, I love my country Sundays, that we call it, Patriotic Sunday, and Fourth uh, of July weekend. But I'll take a break next Sunday, but I'll continue um, on Sunday mornings on the idea of building. And God is building His church, uh, but God wants to build your life, and God wants us as we build uh, our lives and build our homes and uh, to build something that will last, to build something for eternity. And uh, so I've enjoyed that. But I'm glad that He is our rock and He is our foundation. Well, let's look at Psalm 91. We saw on Friday, we started this psalm. This is another psalm of Moses. And uh, we saw the fact that uh, it says in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, Psalm 90, it says, the Lord has been our dwelling place. And here it talks about he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, it says that he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I told you last Friday we were going to look at some New Testament references of what it means to abide in Jesus Christ. Well, if you'll notice with me, if you've got your Bibles there and if you're driving right now, please don't try to flip the pages of your Bible. That's not a good thing to do while you're driving. Uh, but I'll read the verses to you. But here's what Jesus said in John 15. He said, Abide in me and I in you. Jesus goes on to say in John 15, 5, For without me ye can do nothing. Uh, can I tell you why it's important to abide in Christ? Because without Him we can do nothing. We are hopeless. We are helpless without Him. Um, you say, well, does abiding in Christ, is that the same as salvation? No, absolutely not. Uh, because when you get saved, 
Uh, you are positionally, you are in Christ. There's nothing you can do to change that. There's nothing you can do to remove yourself. Once you're saved, you are always saved. You become a child of God. You're born again. Uh, I use this example often, but when I was born physically, there was nothing I could do to, to undo that. Uh, there was nothing I could do to change the fact that I was born uh, into the family of Joe and Cindy Coburnett. I became their child. I was born into their family. And when you get born again by the grace of God, I'm glad there's nothing that can happen that will change the fact that you are a child of God. Yes, you're saved. But abiding in Christ, it talks about not just uh, where we are positionally, but it talks about where we are relationally. Uh, did you know that although I'm a child of Joe and Cindy Coburnett, my dad is with the Lord now, he's in heaven, but there may be things that I could have done throughout the years. I could have gone and I could have legally had my name changed. I could say, you know, I don't want to be a Coburnett anymore. I don't want to be a part of this family. Or I could have done things to disappoint my parents. I certainly never wanted to do that. And that would have affected my relationship but that would have not changed the fact that I was born into their family. Well, John 15, talking about abiding in Christ, that talks about our relationship with Christ. It talks about our fellowship with Christ. It talks about the things we do to have a closeness and the things we do to, to stay close and to stay anchored in Jesus Christ with our daily lives. It says in John 15, verse number uh, four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus said, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. You say, well, pastor, how do we know if we are abiding in Christ? What are some evidences? What are some signs of that? Well, it says in John 15 and verse 7, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So let me give you a few evidences. One, you know you're abiding in Christ when His words are abiding in you. When the words of God, when the words of Christ, when the words of the Bible are in you, and, and you're dwelling on them, and you're thinking about them, and you're, you're reading and meditating on the Word of God, that's a good evidence that you are abiding in Christ. Notice what it says in uh, verse number 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Here's another evidence. Not only are His words in you, but that you keep His commandments, that you obey what God has told you to do. That's an evidence. Uh, so you say, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know either. You're going to have to figure that out. Uh, do you live a life that is in obedience to the Word of God, or do you live in disobedience to the Word of God? That's something you have to answer, uh, but it's an evidence if you obey the Word of God. Notice 1 John chapter 2, and of course, the writer of the Gospel of John uh, was also the writer of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and 1st John chapter 2, and uh, verse number 6, the Bible says that if you are abiding in Christ, you are going to walk like Jesus. Ooh, that's convicting. That means that we're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to be Christ-honoring. We're supposed to be Christ-following. says that he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk 
even so as he walked. How's your walk? Uh, how's your life? Uh, how is your testimony? It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 10, you say, well, I love Jesus, and, uh, and I want to walk like him. Well, verse number 10 says, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. You know, an evidence that you're abiding in Christ and you're abiding in the light of Christ is that you love your brother and your sister in Christ. You say, oh, pastor, I love the Lord so much, but I can't stand fellow Christians. I can't stand fellow church members. They drive me crazy. Well, first of all, have you ever considered that you probably drive them crazy too? But here's the thing. No matter what, that, that's, not, that's not the stipulation. That's not the exception. You love them if they're really nice to you. You love them if they're really kind to you. That's not what it says. It says that you love your brother. Verse number nine, it says this, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother, he is in darkness even until now. Friend, I want to tell you, you're not abiding in the light of Christ. You're abiding in darkness. If you hate your brother, if you hate your sister in Christ, that's an evidence that you love your, your brother. First John chapter two, Verse number 14, the Bible says, I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you. Here's an evidence. You're going to be strong spiritually. You're going to have some spiritual strength. We talked about it yesterday morning in the service. You're going to have some spiritual maturity. That's an evidence that you're abiding in Christ. 1 John 2, 27, the Bible says that uh, if you abide in Christ, you are going to abide in the truth. You're not going to be carried about by false teaching. You're not going to be carried about by every uh, wind of doctrine. You're going to be anchored in and you're going to stay in the truth of God's word. First John 3, verse number 6, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. You say, well, how do I know if I'm abiding in Christ? You're not constantly living in sin. And when you do sin, you get it right. And when you do sin, it bothers you. When you do sin, you say, I can't live this way. I want to be right with God. That's an evidence. I'll give you one more, Second John. In verse number nine, the Bible says that when you abide in Christ, it says, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. You know, an evidence that you're abiding in Christ is that you are doctrinally sound. You know what the Bible says, and you stick with what the Bible says. And it doesn't matter what everybody else says. You are anchored in the doctrines of the Word of God. Those are some evidences. We'll look tomorrow at some of the fruit, not just the evidences, but some other things that you can see that, that are obvious that will take place in your life when you're abiding in Christ. Hope this helps you today. I know we went over time a little bit today, but I appreciate you staying with us. God bless you, and hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a coworker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast, 
with Jeremy Coburnett.